0: This podcast is sponsored by the Social Enterprise and Crowdfunding Conference. Learn more at secfc.co.
1: Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe.
0: Hello everyone, welcome to the You Are Mark on the World show. Today we're producing the show for Good Crowd Info and I'm excited to have with us a remarkable guest, a new friend, Seymour Signet, who is a podcaster and uh, also an inventor, entrepreneur who's passionate about crowdfunding. Uh, Seymour, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure. The pleasure is all ours. Tell us a little bit about your new kick-ass crowdfunding show. Uh, yeah, you said I'm a podcaster. I'm sort of, a, I'm
2: almost a podcaster. We're now launching uh, early September because it's taken, as you know, it's it's a bit more difficult <laughs> than it looks to put this kind of thing together. Um, but we're launching the Kick Ass Crowdfunding Show. Uh, it'll be KickAssCrowdfunding.com, and uh, the idea is we had, uh, for those who don't know, uh, I and my family and my group of friends and family put together a crowdfunding. Uh, late last year, early this year, for a charger that we, we we came up with an idea, we invented an idea for a new kind of phone charger, and it was it was a cute design, and we put it up on uh, Indiegogo, and I think it was a good idea, and that in combination with some good luck and some and some super people who helped us, we had uh, a very successful crowdfunding campaign. We raised uh, two thirds of a million dollars, 640000 um, dollars, which is Uh, which is actually a surprisingly small amount of money with which to start a hardware company because there are insane costs involved, which we can talk about if you're interested. Um, But it's a phenomenally successful crowdfunding campaign, and we feel sort of unbelievably blessed that that, that crowdfunding itself and that the crowd gave us this life-changing experience. And so as we look forward for that business, we're like, we want to develop our relationship with the crowd, and we want to kind of give back to the crowd, and so, there's a number of reasons for for doing the show, but an extremely important uh, part of it, and the one that I'm you know uh, probably the most passionate about is I want to I want to kind of say thank you somehow or other. And what I noticed was that there's a lot to learn about crowdfunding. I feel like I feel like we learned a lot, but of, of everything there is to learn, it was only a tiny little piece. So I thought, well, what if we just start interviewing other folks who know about it? And uh, and um, it's probably no secret to to fans of uh, of your show that you were gracious to be one of our first guests, and so when, when, when we go live, um, there will be, a, there'll be our show with Devin, will we'll be there with some very specific insights that, that we haven't heard from, from anybody else. And we've got a, a bunch of other phenomenal guests, including Slava Rubin, who's the uh, co-founder and CEO of Indiegogo, a Kickstarter's less famous but equally impressive uh, cousin, um, and... Uh, Slava was in the room when modern crowdfunding was invented. He and a couple of colleagues were sitting there saying, "Well, c- what if we had a website? And what if, <laughs> what if it had YouTube here and a contribute button over here?" And they were there, and they they were the kind of first and thousands, literally thousands of imitators now. So phenomenal uh, guests, and I think um, I think it's going to be something that for people who want to uh, learn about crowdfunding or maybe start their own campaigns, this is going to be a place where you can go listen to a few shows and really understand from the inside out what it's, uh, what it's all about.
0: Well, I'm excited to start listening to your show. I will certainly be a subscriber, and I was honored to be a guest. So tell us a little bit about your charger. I want to know a little bit more about uh, your charger and that campaign before we move on to some other topics. Sure. I, um,
2: of course, don't have one of them handy for the conversation. It brought, but, I, but I have this. This is, just, this is a thing charger shell, for folks who are watching rather than listening to this on audio. And the thing that's remarkable about it is how unremarkable it is. What I'm holding up here basically just looks like a regular power outlet. And that's the core of the idea. Normally when we plug things into the wall, we lose the ability to use the outlet. Um, And I'd seen a couple of other things that kind of work sort of halfway did this. You know, like you plugged it in and they did something and they, they gave you one outlet. And I was like, well, what if you still had two? And then what if you could... Put your phone right on top, like this. So, uh, thing charger plugs into the, plugs into the wall. It looks like an outlet. It's just kind of an inch thicker. You know, like it sticks an inch out of the wall. You can put your phone on top. There are interchangeable tips that go in. So, you, if you have a, a an iPhone or a, you know, an Apple Apple product or, or or any of the others, you can you can change the tips around. The tips store neatly in the back. And then because it's because it replaces the outlet that it covers up, you can actually stack several of them together. So you can maybe stack a, um, you know, an iPad at the back and then put your Samsung in front of that and then, a, then a, an iPod mini. You, know, you can stack multiple devices at once. And it's just it's a very simple design, really seems to speak to people, and we ran the campaign. And, um, and what, was, what was really interesting about it was I just mentioned how they stack together. And if you think of your own life, Stacking them together would be cool in some places, maybe in an office, maybe in a kitchen. But there's like there's the office, there's the kitchen, and then there's the other office that you go to sometimes. And if you actually think of all the places, you wouldn't mind having a charger. It multiplies up, and we had an average order of five units. Wow. I mean, it was absolutely astonishing. There are very few products. I mean, other than toilet paper or you know potato chips, where 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 you know you it's a single product and people buy many many
0: of them at a time, which is amazing. Well. Tell us a little bit about what you learned about crowdfunding through this experience. I think you learned a lot. You clearly were successful, so you started with great intuition, great instincts. What did you learn? what do you, What do you draw from your experience? So I think I mean
2: I, I think a successful campaign needs many things, but can be maybe boiled down to three things. You, you've got to have something that people could want. In our case. Uh, or care about in the case of a of a campaign for for social good or maybe some combination of the two um, but it's got to be something for which there's the potential for passion if if you know if you you know if it's kind of like hey you know give money so that i can live in luxury in a new wing on my house and i'll send you an email saying thank you if you contribute that's going to be a tough sell you you'd better you know You'd better have an amazing, funny, viral video to 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 raise money with that one. But if it, but if you really do want to put an extension on your house, think about how that could mean. Put you know, put an extension on my house. You can you can come and be a guest anytime for the rest of your life if you contribute over a hundred dollars. You're welcome to come visit anytime. And uh, and and we're going to run a, a special course in this new wing of of, of the house. We're going to run a special course. To help returning veterans to, uh, you know, to to re to resocialize and to oh okay well then no, no, I see okay so fair enough the, it, so you've got to figure out why does it matter because people um, th- there have been occasional exceptions to this at the time that we're having this conversation that, of course has been recently been the potato salad episode over on Kickstarter where a gentleman said send me some money so I can make a potato salad and it was so nutty it took it it took it took off. Um, and raised, te- te- I think, was it $44,000 or something in the end, he's now, I believe, giving quite a lot of that money to good causes and, and so on. But that's, I-, I would say, for those of us old enough to remember, that's a pet rock, right? That's an idea that took off that didn't really have any merit. It was just kind of crazy enough. So it's got to, So come back to your question. So it's got to have three things. It's got to be something that, 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 that c- could, can be wanted and can be supported and, and would be good to own or great to support. Uh, my apologies. Uh, my apologies for that. So, um, so you've got to have something people want. You've got to have something. Uh, you, you've got to present it in a way that is that is appealing to them. And uh, a, a couple of resources for folks who are interested in doing that. Uh, one is the classic Joe Sugarman book, Triggers. In other words, if you're making a communication, what are what are the kinds of things that will trigger people kind of emotionally or intellectually so that they engage with what you've got? And also, m- much more recently, the book Contagious, which is a which is a, a uh, easy to read, but based on an academic uh, study of what what goes viral, what is highly shareable. So a cu- couple of resources there. So presented in a way that people find appealing. Look for places where they can laugh or they can go. <sighs> you know, if you show your video to other people and your you know friends and family and they're not going, oh my goodness, this is great, that's fantastic. If they're just being nice because it's you, you haven't cracked it yet. Um, equally, put effort into the page. Um, we know that when people look at web pages, uh, some people scan quickly, so you need to have summary information at the top, maybe five bullet points right at the top of the page. Uh, and some, nice, uh, some, people, some people move quickly logically, so they'll want the bullet points, quick facts. Some people move quickly and emotionally, so they want to have one or two beautiful pictures up at the top that they can engage with. And then other people move more slowly, and they want more, and they might want more facts, so further down the page, more information. The money will be spent, 23% will be spent like this, of so factual information for some people and more emotional, engaging information for other people about the difference that it will make in people's lives and color pictures and that kind of stuff. So I think that the page can be as long as you like. Make sure there's a good summary right there at the top. So you have to have a great thing. You have to have a great page, a great presentation. And then... Um, you have got to get people there. And I know that we we know this, but over and over again we hear it. We I I don't think that we've yet cracked the code on getting huge amounts of sharing. We're working really hard on that for next time, including studying the resources I I mentioned in terms of triggers and so on. But we want to get as many people to share as possible, so you want to look at what are their motivations for sharing. Well, if it's funny and cool, they're likely to share. And if it makes a difference, they're they're likely to share. Uh, I think it's okay to weave in some incentives to share, which could just be, you know, know, if 10 people people contribute to the campaign, then we'll send you a kind of a gold badge or something. Or we'll put you you on our website as one of our gold leaders or something. I mean, I'm not an incentives expert, but I think people are motivated just by status. Um, uh, So we want to encourage sharing in in any way that is effective and ethical. Um, And... We want to get as many people there as well, and we just we drove a great deal of traffic with Facebook. I mean, it's kind of a blunt. In some ways, it's a blunt instrument, um, but these days, you know, Facebook can be targeted in a very fine way. Uh, if you choose your if you choose your categories and your timing correctly, the bids can be effective. And I I know of of many campaigns that this has been the kind of this has been the work engine of the, their publicity. Yeah, sure someone in the someone in the media like you graciously smiles upon a campaign oh my goodness that's that's amazing you know the, you know the, the 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 day we were mentioned on some of the bigger blogs it was like it was like the heavens opened and money came falling down but you don't know that you're going to get that and so i think there needs to be absolutely you're you're calling everyone you're asking you're encouraging but i think it's good to have this sort of continuous there's just traffic being driven the whole time and we you know we were feeding back some of the money that came in into into that as a resource. I mean, we uh, we selected um, it varies from platform to platform. But on Indiegogo, if you if you if you allow PayPal as one of your payment methods, the funds become available quite quickly. And so we were, we we, t- we took a, a measured portion of that and fed it back into into advertising.
0: What was the measured portion? I hate to put such a pointed question to no, sure. you, but um, it's so relevant to our audience. Uh, How much did you reinvest?
2: We reinvested uh, around a about, I don't have the exact percentage, it was around about 12%, I think. Uh, when, when, when we look at the total value of the campaign, the total value of the advertising, now people might look at that and say, oh my goodness, you wasted this amount of money on advertising. Well, no, we invested this amount, and that's why the campaign was, was at that size, and if we hadn't, it would have been a fraction of
0: the, a fraction sure, of the size. sure. It, that is so true now one of the things that would happen is that in a typical campaign one would play around with the advertising how did you know it was paying off how did you know you were getting a return on that investment I and I want you to walk us through literally the math you were doing, the analysis you were doing to think about that because it's really tricky because you could get carried away thinking, well, we're going to raise half a million dollars, so I'll commit 50 grand to this. No, I think you have to I mean, – You're in trouble. I mean the truth is I had someone
2: many orders of magnitude smarter and more experienced than me helping. Um, and uh, his name's Chris Olenek. His his organisation is called Agency 2.0, and we you know we 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 love them. We think they're fantastic. We use them for our next campaign. Uh, but not every you know I mean they, they can only work with a certain number of clients. That 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 even you know that option wouldn't be suitable for everyone and might not be available to everyone. But I think that to go back to the core of your question, um, uh, I would work. I would make sure that you're working on a first of all. Running advertising isn't for everybody, and if like if you're if you're great with spreadsheets and statistics and analysis and that kind of thing, you know, knock yourself out, go go crazy. If not, at very least, find someone smart who you know who is, you know, who gets a kick out of looking at a spreadsheet full of numbers and figuring out what's going on, because the truth is, you shouldn't be running an ad. You should be running a whole bunch of different ads in different sizes, to different to different audiences, and if you multiply it up, before you know it, you're you're running many dozens. Of different ads, uh, they will be more, they will work differently at different times of day. There can be many variables in there, but to boil it down, put put, I would say, you know, put at least 10 ads together and have them available in a bunch of different sizes. So someone's going to sit down with Photoshop and just and make a bunch of ads. There's nothing for it. Plus, you want to have some written text ads uh, as well. And you've got to measure the results. Now, today, which was not true when we ran our campaign, uh, and I can't speak for the for the other platforms um, just because I have domain knowledge about Indiegogo, but Indiegogo now allows Facebook tracking um, code to run within the campaign so you can actually see which ads are being affected. You know, you can find out this ad is producing results, this one isn't producing results. And oh, if, you that, if you combine that with... with, with Facebook's own analysis, you can you can start to refine it. And the but the the basic rule, and this isn't partic- this isn't particular to crowdfunding, it's just particular to advertising. Is you want to be constantly, you know, you run ten ads, and I know from talking to Chris when he does this, he's like within a he's so good that within an hour or two he can start culling the underperformers. I mean, you might want to run it a bit a bit longer, um, but you know, run ten ads, pull out the five that aren't working so well. Um, stick stick with the remaining the remaining five. Throw a couple of new ones in, and just constantly be. Um, you know, it's like the meanest companies are, are always are always uh, showering gifts upon their top ten percent performers and and giving pink slips to the bottom ten percent performers. Well, that may or may not be a good uh, policy for a company, but it's a phenomenal policy for for an advertising campaign. And you always want to be. There's just if an ad if you're spending. Ten dollars a day or a hundred dollars a day on an ad, and it isn't getting any contributions for your campaign. You are
0: you are wasting campaign money. Hey, you got to stop that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, how how would you specifically take those lessons that you learned on your campaign and the people you've talked to, and really specifically, what are two or three tips you would give to someone who's running a donations campaign for a cause, very specific. Let's, let's say it's a non-profit organization, it's just donations. What are, the, what are two or three things that you would draw from your experience that applies directly to them?
2: Well, I want to, I want to come back mainly to the middle of the three that I spoke about just then, right? You've got to, got to have something good. I'm assuming you've got something good. Um, uh, you've got to get people there. But this piece in the middle about how are you presenting it is, is, is incredibly important. Um, I believe um, it's always a good idea to be a student of success. So uh, if you go on to the top five platforms, you know, Kickstarter and Indigo are obviously, obviously the top two. Rocket Hub is doing a great job these days. If you're in the sports uh, uh, sports arena, Bill Kerrig has uh, you know, the, his, his phenomenal platform as well. And um, start to look at the most successful campaigns and see what they did. Um, and be shameless about it. Like, okay, let's look at the video. What do they do? What are, the, what are the points of the video that seem to be helping? Oh, my goodness, you know, they're showing a picture of a previous successful pro, uh, project. Oh, look, they're talking to, they, you know, they're talking to five other people who are supporting the campaign. That's really important. I mean, in, in, in any kind of uh, communication, social proof is really important. That's why everyone has these Facebook things all over their websites now. You know, 27 other people like this. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's okay for me to like it if twenty-seven people like it, or twenty-seven thousand people like it. You know what it's like when you go to a page and it's like zero other people have liked it. It's like, ooh, should I even be loading this into my browser? <laughs> so, <laughs> so social proof is great, and I think it's fine. Um, I think it's fine if it if it hasn't happened yet. Like, so if you know, if you're putting on the rock concert to raise money for AIDS or whatever it is, it's like it's okay to have other people saying, "Oh my goodness," you know the 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 world's ultimate aids rock concert that sounds fantastic count me in as long as it's as long as it's for real as long as it's a real person who genuinely feels like that people will feel the energy and, and ride along with it so i think social proof is re- is really important i think have have fun with putting the communication together cuz if it's 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 like um, uh, I was talking to Brian Meese, who's the founder of uh, Rocket Hub yesterday. We recorded a great, a great show with him for Kick-Ass Crowdfunding. And he was, he was saying he plays in a band as well. He's like, listen, if the band isn't having fun, the audience doesn't stand a chance. So you should be putting this campaign together and having a lot of fun doing it. You should be having moments where you're like, oh, my goodness. you know, like Someone someone designs a little banner or a logo or or shoots a little piece to be included in the film. It should be... Oh my goodness that's fantastic rather than yeah okay, well, that'll do now you know yeah, now we've got a testimonial for social proof It should be oh my goodness did you did you did you see the way she reacted to that there should be that
0: excitement and energy about it that's fantastic great insights. well I wish we could chat all day, Seymour, but those are great insights. I appreciate you taking the time to share with us today. It's been fun to talk to you and I certainly wish you all the best in your new efforts and especially on your new Kick-Ass crowdfunding show. Thank you so much Devin. All right, thank you you. for joining me. Let's do some good. (laughs) You got it. The one-of-a-kind social enterprise and crowdfunding conference on September 26, 2014 at the spectacular Snowbird Resort near Salt Lake City will bring together leaders from across the country in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. Register before August 31 for just $60 at secfc.co. The roster of speakers will include Rodney Sampson, author of Kingonomics, Francis Batista, the leading animal rights advocate, and other luminaries. See the full list of speakers at secfc.co. Social entrepreneurs attending the conference will have the opportunity to pitch real investors at the conference. Nonprofit leaders will also be given an opportunity to make a pitch for microgrants and to conduct a one day crowdfunding campaign during the event. Learn more at secfc.co